Welcome to Two C's in a Pod podcast presented by Macedonia Baptist Church. I am your host, Chris Lindsay. I am here with Pastor Chris Grafnick. Hello. Hello. Well, <laughs> I, I just brought out the NPR voice. The NPR. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> do, you, do you like NPR? Uh, do you listen to it? No, no, not really. No? no? I love me some NPR. They do have a nice just calm. voice. Like, I don't uh, always agree with the politics sure. that they talk sure. about. Right. But I love me some talk radio that, that is, is on it NPR. Is it inflammatory, like yelling and screaming the whole entire no. time? Like, no, no. No, it's Mark Levin. I don't know. I have no clue what like, that. He was like a. He's a very. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, he's like you got those radio personalities, right? Like that. You know, yeah, and and it's just, it's like, not just scream about stuff and it's not just silly junk like John Boy and Billy. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Or like, uh, what's the one on all the pop radio stations? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's not like them. It's it's legit news. This like, is old school, by the way. Nobody really listens to radio anymore, do they? No. Yeah. It's like a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I can stay up to date on news, and I can weed through. Because mm-hmm. NPR, honestly, uh, it, it, it has an extreme one-side, one-sided view each way. Yeah. And I can weed through all that sure. stuff and just enjoy it. It's kind of um, like, uh, I know this is kind of off-top a little bit, but like I like, if I go and check news... I, I try to be, because um, I don't trust a lot of particular news organizations. I like to go to BBC because they're kind of that outside looking in. Right. And so usually, or that BBC or uh, AP, like Associated Press, yeah. usually, and still, there's always some kind of bias. But uh, So what, what I generally do is I take a VPN, go to China. <laughs> Then address another VPN to get out of China and put myself somewhere. Thank you. And then I look at the news from like a European perspective. Yeah, yeah. And see what's going on in the U.S. Is this serious? Do you do that? No. Okay. I thought about it sometimes. I do have a friend in Switzerland that I'll message him every once in a while, and he's actually of a very liberal party over there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's in politics in Switzerland, mm-hmm. but I'll text him every once in a while. And say, hey, bud, how's How's the U.S. looking from Switzerland's oh, yeah, point yeah. of view? Right. Just to hear what Switzerland is saying about, sure, uh, you know, the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, they love them some Obama. He was over. Um, mm. My bu- buddy was over here foreign exchanging when Obama was here, mm-hmm. and his parents like just adored Obama. Mm-hmm. Like anytime we saw him, they talked about Obama mm. and. Uh, so it was kind of funny. They they went. Uh, their parents came over around Christmas time, and they went to Washington D.C. to see the mm-hmm. White House and maybe get a glimpse at Obama. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I don't don't mean to get too political, but uh, and this is really not intended to be in political. But you know who I loved as president? Who's that? I love me some W. Yeah, George W. Tacos, man. Dude, I just well, see, I was a. I was so my that fellow was Americans, like, <laughs> my fellow my fellow Americans, I Dude. come to you in your time of need yeah. to tell you tacos, tacos. <laughs> the uh, that uh, we watched that clip of a couple. I think it's probably been a month ago, but I sent you that clip of him when he was uh, on the golf course and yeah. he was talking about terrorism. <laughs> and then you now watch me. Now watch. Now watch this drive. drive. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. I want to go golf with W. Yeah. But I love me some George I, W. Bush. I I, I know people kind of like. Obviously, there's a lot of um, you know 
accusations that he knew everything, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, uh, I, I really don't think so. But anyway, uh, I, I read his biography. The, his biography was yeah, good. Yeah, it is good. Very good. I read it too. It was a long time ago. I'd like to reread it again. But I like me some W. But, uh, but you're like a... So that was that. That was the era when I was in high school. So that's kind of where, like, and I had an honor civics class. Yeah. So we um, often had debates, and sometimes we get into arguments in our class about. Because in New Mexico, like, what you get into arguments about politics? Chris? Yeah, right. No. But, no, but like in New Mexico. <laughs> so here, I bet you most of the time you're you're dealing with um, a lot. I, I don't know what y'all's experiences was here that are listening, or you, Chris, uh, here in the South, but out in New Mexico. It's more liberal, so you know if you were the more the conservative, which I was, um, then you were pretty much like in the minority. Yeah. So like the whole most of the class, except for a few, were like, like, and again, as a teenager, I was probably a little bit more inflammatory than I should have been, and like was saying y'all are you know a bunch of stupid idiots type <laughs> thing, and you know, and uh, probably not the the uh, the most compassionate Christian way to address right. people. Uh, so, uh, but. That yeah, that was the era of uh, George Bush, and um, because that was his, you know, two thousand one. I was a sophomore in two thousand one, so when September eleventh happened, I was, I remember I was in English class and uh, watched. See, we're two hours behind back there, so some of most of I think everybody else was already well awake. Well, we I only got to school and it was eight o'clock, and they I watched the second tower fall, and that's all I had seen so far. So. I was in class when the first uh, first plane hit, mm-hmm. and then um, we we, we watched are, it. We are coming up September. We are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, wa- watched it happen. The teacher turned on the news, and we were all. I was in. I don't know what grade I was in um, in two thousand. So you're six years behind me. So two thousand one. Two thousand one. I was born in ninety two. So eight, you were nine ten. I was ten years old. Ten years old. So you were in what? Uh, what grade fifth is fifth grade? Fourth yeah, or fifth, fifth grade? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. And uh, I just know we're sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden it said, uh, came over to this loudspeaker, mm-hmm. Christopher Lindsay, please come to the office. Mm-hmm. And my parents worked uh, 30, 45 minutes away from the school. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect to get picked up from school. And all so right. I got picked up from school and took home, and we uh, sat in the living room watching, you know, I, yeah. I, just like everyone else at that time, just scared of what's oh, happening yeah. oh yeah had no yeah. clue mm-hmm. um, yeah that's kind of a weird way we got to that didn't we it, it was we started off this with usually NPR all NPR the way to, to w to september 11th yeah. <laughs> that's what's good podcasting it's just it's just you good know, podcasting. we we can't write it any better i know so that's why we don't ever plan mm-hmm. it somebody was asking if we have like an outline and, right and i think yeah. it was matthew right right mm-hmm. Matthew, if you're listening, as you can tell, there is no outline. There is no outline. There is no outline. There is a topic I would like to express, uh, express, explain, no, uh, conversate about. Okay. All right. Um, So we we talked about good writing just a few seconds ago, or writing well, uh, and I want to talk about the Pentateuch. Oh, And the writing of the Pentateuch. Segway. Segway to what we're going to start. We're starting in Exodus. Okay, yeah. So, I didn't know if you knew that or not. I did you not know that. You haven't preached a haven't, sermon on that I haven't yet. preached it. haven't studied it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is Wednesday. <laughs> it is Wednesday, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, we both know that Moses is the writer of the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I just wrapped that yeah, in case did. anybody's you wondering. Uh, uh. Um, so it, this whole section is written by the same person. Yes. Uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? We right. make sure we say that so yeah. people don't think we don't believe in inspiration. Yes, God through Moses, through Moses and his personality, okay. which is well, one day we we want to talk about that to inspiration. Like, what yeah. does that mean? Um, but yeah, that God wrote through Moses and his personality and his experiences wrote the Pentateuch. Yeah. So through it, we see Moses writing in his own way mm-hmm. right yes. and mm-hmm. and we see moses picking up themes from before mm. to now uh while in exodus and you see him in deuteronomy you'll see him throughout numbers mm-hmm. and uh and leviticus so you'll see you'll see all these themes throughout but specifically um i want to focus on one 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 thing which we may go on to uh depends on how long this one goes okay because there, there's uh, something really important here that genesis i mean uh, exodus one starts off as like a retelling of the creation event retelling mm-hmm. of that narrative but i specifically want to think through this seed crusher idea or seed the seed this offspring mm-hmm. and kind of walk through genesis you, you kind of um talked about it a little bit you joked about um in your sermon sunday you joked about when i talked at um access point on abraham right and we were saying this guy like this guy, this guy? and honestly that that can be the thought if, if you're reading the first five books of the bible and you're trying to figure out who this person is that's described in genesis 3 um, who, who this uh, seed crusher is where it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And that's the pro, 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 I can't ever say Proto Evangelion. How can you say that but not uh, vestibule? I don't know. Don't ask me. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first, uh, uh, first, uh, gospel being brought out here that it introduces the seed of the woman, mm-hmm. this offspring, the son that will come. And as you read through Genesis, you're, you're looking at these different people that could be the seed. Mm-hmm. And immediately after Genesis 3 and you walk into Genesis 4, there's, there's two seeds that are brought up, Cain and Abel, right? You're you right. get two options, Cain or Abel, mm-hmm. right? Right. Pick your poison. Mm-hmm. Which one is going to be the seed? Because uh, as Eve's hearing this, this gospel and all the all the uh, curses that come with breaking the covenant that she had with God, mm-hmm. it, there comes that promise of one that will come that will def- defeat the snake that mm-hmm. uh, tempted them to bring see- uh, sin into the world, that will defeat sin, that mm-hmm. will defeat death as the result of sin. And so you, you can think in her mind when she uh, is multiplying children right. and being fruitful as she was commanded to mm-hmm. and having Cain and Abel that she would be thinking, hey, one of these can be the seed. Yes. And so what happens to Cain and Abel? I'll ne- let you talk about it. <laughs> Neither. Neither are the seed. Why? 
Because Cain kills Abel, and then Cain gets cursed. Right. Right. We, we see sin still oh, yeah. transferring to uh, Cain and Abel, even though we didn't see it there, right? right. They, they mm-hmm. still were both sinners, and, mm-hmm. and Cain kills Abel. So you're like, okay, well, uh-oh, where's this seed at? Where's then, this promised one? Right. And then it says there in verse uh, 25, for Adam knew his wife again, and he gets Seth. Seth. Right. And and then that's the, pretty much the last thing you hear about Seth. To Seth was uh, born, he called his name Enosh, and at the time people began to call upon the Lord. And then, then you get introduced to this guy Noah. Noah walked with God. Mm-hmm. Noah knew God. He was righteous and upright, right? Right. And you're like, okay, well, maybe it's Noah. And God saw the wickedness upon the earth and, and flooded the earth, destroying everyone and everything besides Noah, uh, the animals, and the eight people that were upon the ark, right? Mm-hmm. Everything was destroyed, and God renewed everything, brought it back to life, and people began to multiply again. But before that happened, you see Noah fall into sin. Mm-hmm. So it can't be Noah. Right. He, he hasn't defeated death. Mm-hmm. They all die. Also, you also see um, just a little bit of a preview, too, for um, not this week, but next week, the uh, Ark uh, motif is brought forth again in Exodus. In Exodus, yeah. So you'll get the Ark um, with uh, Moses. But anyway, that was a little side yeah. note. So. And so God makes a covenant with Noah. Mm-hmm. says, hey, hey, Noah, I will never flood the earth again like I did before. Next time I'm going to do it's going to be with fire. What does he tell him to do again, by the way? What is the, what's the command? Command to be fruitful and multiply. Right. So right. again, keep on. Yeah, right. Keep keep on the seed being fruitful. Right. Producing children, mm-hmm. finding that offspring. Right. And so you're you're continued to look through what's going on. You hear about Tower of Babel, where everybody's thrown to every direction. Then then God goes to one man, Abram, that is old. He's worshiping false deities. Mm-hmm. He's uh, chilling at his parents' house, and, and God calls him who's old and his wife who's barren and old. Yeah, so before you jump into that, you say, yeah, you get to 11, so you get this genealogy. Right. And genealogies are always important. As Genesis boring. 11, right? Genesis 11, which is, um, we get the table of nations in 10. So this is, that's always interesting, too. I know we're, we're, we're kind of, we're walking the table of nations in 10. Uh, is this explanation of where all the nations come from. And then chapter 11 is the Tower of Babel. Right. right. Really, And it's the showing of how they became the Table of Nations. Right. Uh, which is interesting because you kind of like, oh, there's all, oh, and then Tower of Babel is everybody would have one language. And again, it's, as you said, the Pentateuch is a masterpiece. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's narratively, I mean, it's not just a, because it's biblical. I mean, that's it. But... It's also like well. It's known. not a bunch of documents brought together. Like there is a there's a cohesive story that Moses. The is Pentateuch writing. is narrative, as John Salhammer calls one of his books. And yeah, anyway, so <laughs> it's uh, it's the there's a there's a purpose and there's a theological purpose behind right. it too. So there's all, but yeah, and then you get to that end of eleven and uh, what it says there. 29 and Abram and Nahor took wives the name of Abram's wife was Sarah and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah the daughter of Haran the father of Milcah and Iscah now Sarah was born or Sarai was barren and she had no child right so that, that so okay and then it says Abram and then we keep on and then in verse 12 it says the Lord said to Abram and you're like wait that that, that guy. guy that we just who's married to a barren woman right 
He's old too, as a matter of fact. He, like you said, he's worshiping all kinds of false gods, and he calls them out and says, "I'm gonna make you a nation." He'll make you a nation, mm-hmm. and from your offspring, all of the nations of the world will be blessed. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that offspring, singular, hearkening back to uh, Genesis chapter three. In that, and not offspring. to make anybody mad, but the whole idea that now, currently, that if you bless Israel, then the nation of will be blessed. Like if you curse Israel currently, then you'll be cursed, or if you bless Israel now, then you'll be blessed. I don't think that's what that's talking about. No, it's it's talking about the seed mm-hmm. that we we know as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're reading through in starting in Genesis all the way to uh, Exodus, where we're at, mm-hmm. they're reading it with looking forward to who's who is this seed. Right. While we look back, knowing it's it's Jesus, because Hebrew makes a good argument for it mm-hmm. that he is the seed. Yes. The apostles in Acts make a good argument for it. Yes. That he is the seed. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he went on the cross, died for our sins, defeated sin, death, uh, being of the seed of a woman, mm-hmm. he, he is that uh, yes. fulfillment. Right. And so you're looking at Abram. Abram uh, lies. He, he uh, does not... Uh, do what he's supposed to on a couple of places. He mm-hmm. he runs to Egypt, uh, and he he has a child named Isaac, mm-hmm. right uh, from the seed. He has yes. Ishmael too with Hagar, and then and then Isaac with Sarai, uh, mm-hmm. and from from that promise. And you're like, okay, well maybe it's Isaac, mm-hmm. maybe it's Isaac. Well, you keep reading, and guess what? It's not Isaac, Isaac either. No. Nope. And so you're sitting here almost through, halfway through the uh, through Genesis, trying to figure out, okay, well, dang, it's not Isaac. Who is it? Can it, can it be one of Isaac's sons? So from Isaac comes who, Chris? Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the blessing continues, uh, the covenant continues in Jacob. Mm-hmm. Doesn't continue in Esau. Right. So it- could... In a very, in a very uh, deceptive way, by the way. Right. <laughs> very sinful. Yeah. But w- way, right, but God which, still uses it. Yes. Right. Which is the theme throughout Scripture, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, is it Jacob? Probably Definitely not. not. Jacob is a scoundrel. Yeah. Probably not. Jacob. Is, Jacob is not who, someone you want to be sitting in a church service and they're like, "You need to be like Jacob." Right. <laughs> Jacob is like. <laughs> he's just. Jacob's the worst. Yeah. Look, he's, he's a. <laughs> He's a pretty uh, deceptive guy, but throughout, like the, then Jacob and uh, I know I didn't get to talk about this because it, it just there's so much I could have walked on on Exodus, but uh, Jacob uh, has a dream on uh, Jacob's ladder uh, and wrestles with the Lord, angel of the Lord, and as he's wrestling with him, he gets a dream and a dream of a ladder. Well, the ladder in the Hebrew uh, is very closely related to stone. Um, and then that will come up later in Exodus that the stone of uh, the rock, right, which the water would come from. So see, as you're walking through this, paying attention to things, uh, if you know that that is leading on to rock, and then eventually the rock uh, is mentioned later on uh, in, um, is it's it First Peter? In Numbers, it's mentioned no. in First Peter. Right, so it's I'm getting New Testament, First Peter, that the... Uh, understood that um, the rock was Christ, mm-hmm. right? So 
there is these connections that the so Jacob's ladder is actually Christ because Christ even says that in John. Uh, Jesus says that in John. Uh, the let me get to it. Go um, John chapter. You know, this would be better if you actually read your Bible. I know it. I know where it's at. Um, <laughs> oh, it's uh, John chapter 2 at the end when he calls Philip and uh, Nathaniel. Yeah. And he says, uh, uh, Nathaniel answered, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Mm. That's 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 Jacob's ladder, right? Right. So he's saying, "I am Jacob's ladder. I am the way that uh, that the way that heaven is opened." Right. So, and the angels that ascending and descending is was me and Jacob. Yeah. So again, Jesus is showing it's me in the Pentateuch. The you want to know why he's, they're able to descend and ascend? Mm. Because all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to him. All dominion has been given to him. He is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, mm. as Daniel chapter seven says. Yes. Because he's the son of man. He's the son of man, son mm -hmm. of Sam. So uh, uh, we, we're continuing through. Jacob ends up having two wives mm -hmm. uh, and a couple concubines uh, and ends up ha bearing 12 sons, mm -hmm. uh, which we know come to be the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. 11 sons, actually. 11 sons? Because Joseph. And then Joseph. Joseph's sons become right. the two. So. Sorry, my bad. Uh, and so you see, <laughs> you 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 see this theme continue on, and you're like, okay, uh, well, which one of these will be the seed? Right. Which so Joseph so Joseph um, you Joseph is very you get like Joseph gets very close, like you're almost like oh, but it's gotta be like Joseph saves his family, right? And Joseph is a picture of Christ because of wrongfully. Being accused. Accused, suffers, imprisoned, mm -hmm. but then is ascended to really the right hand of Pharaoh. Right. Right. Uh, and what, you know, but he dies, right? He dies. He dies, but he, he also brings blessing upon his brothers and sisters yes. as we get to and then Jacob Exodus. But then also Jacob blesses his sons, remember? Right. And in uh, there in chapter 49... Verse 8, he talks to Judah. Now, a lot of the other sons, he talks about what's going to happen to them um, and does not give them, uh, he talks about each of the sons and he says, usually there's something negative about each one of them. Judah right. doesn't, which is interesting because Judah has a couple of instances there. Right after he uh, they send Joseph off, uh, Judah goes, uh, sleeps with his uh, daughter-in-law, who is disguised as a prostitute because he refuses to go and give his sons, uh, or uh, refuses to give her sons, right? Is that correct? Am I saying that right? I, I think so. Refuses to give her her sons because she keeps having uh, her husband's, like, the son, sons keep dying when she's married to uh, Tamar, right? Am I correct or am I thinking it? Um, yeah, so... Um, Judah's firstborn was wicked. God kills him. Then Onan comes and will not give her offspring. He kills her, uh, kills him. And then, but uh, then Judah says to her, uh, "Remain a widow in your father's house till Shelah, my son, grows up." Uh, for he feared that he would die because he didn't want any more of his sons to die because he's he's making the correlation. 
all of Tamar, all of these sons going to Tamar keep dying. Well, right. it's not because of hers, because uh, they're wicked sons, right. right? So then she comes up with a plan, well, I'll just, in order to get an offspring, I'll make myself a prostitute and sleep mm-hmm. with Judah. Uh, and then he says, killed her because she slept, because later on he, the name the scepter uh, is uh, g- given to her. She It shows that this is yours. So Judah has a really bad, um, he does something really bad, right? But then we get this promise of Judah there in uh, chapter 49. Judah changes, though. Judah is actually seen as another picture of Christ because Judah says, I'm gonna, I will take the place of Benjamin, the youngest son, because... Mm-hmm. Jacob loved Benjamin. Like he's like, if anything happens to Benjamin, I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. And he and so uh, Judah's like, I uh, know we're getting getting close here, but Judah says, I'll I'll take his place. Right. Which points to the somebody from Judah would come mm-hmm. in verse eight of chapter forty nine. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your what the hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Mm. Um, Sounds like a head crusher yeah. to me. And uh, the father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion. And as a lioness, who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him. And to him should be the obedience of the peoples. Binding his foal to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice of vine. He has washed his garments in wine, and his vesture is the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. And then, um, so so you're trying to figure out who it's going to be. You're, and to go back to the theme of waiting for this offspring, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, something's promised in Judah. Something's promised in Joseph. And you see Joseph um, continue on, and, and it looks like there's a blessing that's happening for the people of Israel, mm-hmm. the 12 tribes. Mm-hmm. That... Uh, here's the names of the son, Exodus chapter 1. And then Joseph died and his brothers and all that generation, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. So there's that promise. You're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. well, uh, this covenant God made with Abraham's being fulfilled, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be a blessing to the nation through mm-hmm. where they're at in Egypt. And then this week what we'll find is... There's a threat. There's a threat. There's a There's serpent. There's a serpent that's coming out that's going to try to destroy the destroy seed. The seed. Mm-hmm. So and we see that in Pharaoh. Um, but as you'll see, there's two key verses in this text. Um, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiply, and the more they spread abroad there in verse 12, and then later on in verse 20. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's a large theme. So the Pentateuch is, is very early on, Moses is pointing us, look, you're looking for something. You're looking for a right. seed, and seed is a major motif throughout mm-hmm. the Pentateuch. Yep. Um, so you can read the Old Testament, not just a bunch of stories put together. Um, Yes, the importance of the creation is important, right? Because we understand right. who God is, and we understand His that He is the creator of all things. But there's also a point in creation, and that point of creation is that man was meant to glorify God. Sin has entered, yet God is still gracious. In the midst of this, over and over again, throughout Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus Numbers, and Deuteronomy, despite 
our sin, God is still gracious and keeps his promises. That's it. Despite how we screw up. A lot. A lot. (laughs) uh, Despite how, you know, Moses. Look at Moses. Moses is this pivotal character throughout the book of Exodus leading Mm -hmm. the people. You get into numbers and they're traveling through the wilderness, you know, eating fried chicken and Krispy Kreme donuts. And Mm -hmm. the people are just complaining for 40 years uh, the old generation, all, all of them die that came out of Egypt, mm-hmm. and this new generation of kids start complaining also. Mm-hmm. And Moses is just done. Yeah, he's like, "That's enough. I give up." Yeah, you are idiots. Yeah, and God tells him because they're complaining about water, mm-hmm. and God tells him to speak to the rock. Mm-hmm. And Moses is like, "Y'all are idiots," you and he mad. takes a staff and he strikes the rock twice. Yeah. All right. And you see the sin of Moses. And then sin, and then Moses cannot enter into the promised land. Into the promised land. He sees land. it, but he never he gets it. into it. And he dies. So Moses isn't the seed either, is he? Right, no. And then he also says that he knows that too. Because mm-hmm. later on in Deuteronomy, he says there's a there's going to come a prophet like him after. Yep. A prophet like Moses. And so then we get to look for what? A prophet like Moses. A prophet like Moses. Mm-hmm. A seed. A seed, and and then Jacob's uh, a, a seed. Of the what we're looking for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh, maybe it's David, mm. because David. We think Joshua and jo- could say Joshua too, right? Joshua's Joshua. name is means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Which it's is actually Jesus's. the same same as Jesus. Yep. Yeshua. Yeshua. Right. Right. And and so Joshua has a good start, but then he doesn't conquer the promised land. Right. He, they, they don't do it right. Oh, okay, well, maybe it's not him. Then you get, yeah, right, you get to David. David. You're like, oh, oh look, from a king. Judah. From Judah. Mm. From a, a woman, right? Born right. of a woman. And yep. you're like, okay, maybe it's him. Yeah. Oh, then, not, yeah. nah, he, homeboy sins too. Yeah, he sins too. Yeah. But then a promise was made to him that Pro- from your throne, someone will sit forever. Forever. And then guess what happens? Solomon hops in the seat. Starts building a temple to God, and then maybe it's Solomon. Maybe it's Solomon, and then he starts having all these wives, and their wives start making him go after different gods. Yeah, and, and then, then the kingdom splits. Kingdom splits. So you're like, oh no, oh, what's <laughs> getting to the point where the kingdom, both of them, put in exile. exile. Like there's no kingdoms anymore. And see, there's a promise. Uh, this this kind of cool. I know we were focusing on Genesis and what have you. But we just got into. I'm just. I'm into it now. Like, let's go. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, so there's a promise made uh, at the end. Uh, after they're in exile, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the twelfth month, on the twenty seventh day of the month, evil Murdoch, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, graciously freed Jehoiachin, king of Judah, from prison. Mm-hmm. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat above the seats of the kings who were with them in Babylon. So Jehoiachin put off his prison garments, and every day of his life he dined regularly at the king's table. And for his allowance, a regular allowance was given to him, him by the king according to his daily needs as long as he lived. Mm-hmm. So at the end of Second Kings, where both Judah and Israel are in exile, mm-hmm. there's this line of there's Judah. Hope. Mm-hmm. There's hope. Yeah. It's hope-filled. And so we go through the prophets. The prophets live. Ezra, Nehemiah. Ezra, Nehemiah. Uh, they come back. They start growing. Uh, they find the law. Mm. They find the word of God. And everybody starts to listen to it. Mm. Starts to do what it says. And then uh, all this stuff happens. And then the last one, Malachi. 
right there before 400 years of silence. Mm. And you're sitting there, okay, wh- what happens now? Where Where is the seed? And then a prophet comes up, mm. John the Baptist, mm. walking and saying, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. And the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord makes his path straight. Quoting from Isaiah. Quoting from Isaiah. Mm. He says, I'm the one that's preparing the way for the Lord. He's here. He's here. Here's the seed. Mm. Here's this head crusher. Here's this one from the line of the tri- uh, tribe of Judah. Here's the king of kings, lord of lords. Mm. Repent and believe. Amen. Amen. So, the Old Testament is about... Jesus. Amen. See? It all points to Jesus. Yes, we can glean some morality from it. Sure. We can glean, like, what not to do. Don't wrestle with angels. We can... You're going to see some, like, leadership principles in right. to this. So, you know, hey, don't do it alone. You, you, need, you can uh, see how to build a church in Ezra and Nehemiah. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, you need leaders. You need a uh, plurality of elders. Right. Um, leaders in the church. That so you can glean from that or you, from God's people. Yeah. You, you, see, you see all this stuff, but... Uh, the main point, the main reason everything was written from Genesis all the way to Malachi is it all points to Jesus. Mm. Yeshua, the Lord saves. So, your Old Testament that you have in your Bible is very important. You need to read it. You need to love it. You need to study it. Mm. Be blessed by it. Mm. It's good stuff. So, we're going we're gonna to travel through Exodus. I'm excited. Me too, man. I'm excited, really am. Yeah. Which, if you're gonna do anything about it this Sunday, we need to get off of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We are at 33 minutes, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so we do everything we do: uh, reading scripture, pointing it to Jesus, uh, being a church, all things we do to the praise of His glory.